All right. Um, so, yeah, if we can get the uh, sermon slides up there. There we go. Fantastic. So, for the last few years, um, we have taken some time each year, the last several years, to partner in prayer with Love Life Charlotte. And today begins our adoption week for Love Life Charlotte uh, for this year. It starts today, runs through this coming Saturday. But before I get into that, I do want to take just a moment. Uh, and, and for anyone here who might possibly be wondering, why? is it? Uh, super practical question. Why is it that we love life? Why are we pro-life? When, when so many in the world take a different perspective on that, why are we pro-life? Why do we believe in the sanctity of life? Those are great questions. And so let me just take a moment and deal with them for a second here. The very simplest possible answer to those questions is because human life matters to God. Human life is unique. Human life is special. When it came time for God to create human life in the first place, the Bible says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, to be perfectly honest, the explicit detail of what it means exactly and precisely to be made in the image of God is honestly a bit sketch. It's like what really is happening? How is it working in Holy Communion? How do we explain with any kind of precision the interplay of the Holy Trinity? In many ways, it's a mystery. But we believe it and we stand on it because it's right here in the Bible. God made people special. And so God himself is incredibly pro-life. And at the heart of God's pro-life position, at the heart of God's pro-life stance, is this reality that he made people in his own image. As a result, right out of the gate, God was adamant that to take human life is an egregious sin. We find it in the Ten Commandments. You must uh, most assuredly not kill. But long before those Ten Commandments came, all the way back in Genesis chapter 9, we find the Bible saying this, Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. Why? Why is that? Why, why, why such a response? For in the image of God has God made him. God takes very seriously the reality that he made you. He made people in his own image, and that makes people valuable. Now, everything else God made, he simply spoke into being. Light, sky, sun, stars, land, mountains, trees, birds. Everything else God made, he simply spoke into existence. God said, let there be light, and whoosh, there was light. God said, let there be trees, and there were trees. God said, birds, and suddenly the sky was filled with birds. But when it came time to make people, God got his hands dirty. He stooped down to the ground. And he began to shape and mold it with his own hands, getting his fingerprints all over it. 
And then he did something genuinely shocking. Something I believe made the angels gasp. When he made this thing out of the dirt, bent down over that lump of dirt, put his face right next to it, and went, Bible says the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Why are Christians pro-life? That's why we're pro-life. Because people, every person on the face of the earth was created in the image and likeness of God, bears the fingerprints of God on their lives. I'm so grateful for the ongoing work of Love Life and the many other life-affirming ministries laboring throughout our city, throughout our nation, throughout the world. I'm grateful for pregnancy resource centers, for those offering adoption and foster care services. What is happening here? There we are. Uh, um, for, for those combating human trafficking and providing comfort, care, and material resources to the poor, the widow, the orphan, the elderly, the immigrant, the disabled, and those with special needs. I'm so grateful for your support, for refugees in our own backyard, for orphans in Cambodia, and for poor village children in Kamankali, Uganda. Our Lord Jesus made a point to commend those who feed the hungry, welcome the stranger, clothe the naked, and care for the sick. Saying, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. To love life. To really and truly and biblically love life requires so very much more than just opposing abortion. It requires you, in fact, to actually, this isn't moving. Can you move these for me? Uh, one more. Love life. And Bobby, if you just watch me, I'll point if I want them to change. It requires you to actually love life. The life of the unborn, the life of the child that's been born. I, I, I'll be very clear. I'll be, I'll just, yeah, is it moving on its own? Yeah, that's, that's okay, fantastic. Uh, um, I'll, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, maybe behind the back. I'll let you know. <laughs> to love life requires you to actually love life. The life of the unborn, the life of the child that's been born but is currently struggling in a uh, house racked by poverty. It requires you to love the life of the pregnant mother who's trying to decide what to do with her child, feeling afraid and desperately lonely. It requires you to love the life of the woman who's had an abortion and is now haunted by her decision. Whenever I share on this subject, I am keenly aware that statistically speaking, in all likelihood, a number of people listening to me have had abortions. Today in America, one out of every four women of childbearing age has had an abortion. To love life requires you to love them. To love life requires you to love. And love is fundamentally more about what you're for than it is about what you're against. 
Love is a positive emotion, a positive commitment, a positive decision that involves protecting and helping and providing and caring and looking after and looking out for the object of your love. It's so very much more than just tisk tisk tisking when you hear the horror stories. So very much more than getting angry at pro-abortion politicians, looking down on or feeling superior to women who have perhaps made terrible decisions based on fear or ignorance or pressure or bad advice or maybe even just out of naked self-interest. To love life requires more than merely voting pro-life and more than simply sporting an abortion stops a beating heart bumper sticker on your minivan. To truly, biblically love life requires you first and foremost to genuinely love. To love as God commands you to love. To love the Lord, to love your neighbor. Recognizing that love, biblically speaking, means taking steps to meet needs. Taking action to make a difference. As the Apostle John wrote, he said this, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we should also lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words and tongue, but with actions and in truth. Love, biblically speaking, is an action word. It moves you to do something. It grips your heart. It changes your mind. It compels you to act. To feel compassion and do nothing is often to fail to love biblically. Now, having said that, let me be very clear. It is absolutely possible, and I suggest probable, that you're going to love more people and care about more things than you can possibly do anything about. As a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're called to love everybody. You're expected to care about everything God himself cares about. And unless you're way richer than you've led on to me, you can't possibly contribute financially to every genuinely good work, to every truly good cause. You can't possibly volunteer every week at every viable charity, every valid need-meeting agency. There's just simply not enough time for that. You certainly can give to some. You certainly can potentially volunteer at some. So from time to time, we try to help you with that, to prod you just a little by presenting you with opportunities related to ministries that we support, ministries we partner with, and Love Life is one of those. So twice a year, twice a year, once during our adoption week, which begins today, and once at the final week of the 40-week season throughout the year, twice a year we urge you for one week 
to focus your prayers on the issue of abortion. To focus your prayers on those unborn children and the mothers in the throes of making those decisions. One day out of each of those two weeks a year, we ask you to fast. Fast for the lives of the unborn. Fast for the mothers struggling with what is at that moment the most consequential decision of their lives. And then we ask one day, one day out of that time that you go on site across from a local abortion clinic and stand there in prayer as a witness. You stand there in prayer as a visible testimony that God and his people care. If you want to do more than that, praise the Lord. But I urge you this morning, I implore you this morning as you're able, will you join me this week? In prayer throughout the course of the week, in prayer and fasting this coming Wednesday, and then in prayer walking on site this coming Saturday. You can register for the prayer walk using the little QR code in your seat. Uh, in just a moment, um, Sarah Smith from Love Life is going to come up. In fact, Sarah, why don't you come on up uh, and, and share with you a little bit about the good work that God is doing through the agency of Love Life. Uh, one of the things that drew me to them initially was um, they're so focused on prayer. So committed to engaging the local church in praying. I think I can sign on for that. I trust you can too. This is Sarah Smith. Sarah's been involved with Love Life since 2017. Uh, after attending a prayer walk with her church, she felt called by the Lord to do more. Soon after that, she got some training, began walk, working as a sidewalk counselor outside a local abortion clinic to bring, offer help and hope to mothers in crisis pregnancies. In 2020, she began serving full-time with Love Life as the expansion coordinator, where she's helped over 100 missionaries attend Love Life boot camp training. And as an aside, in a few short weeks, she will be married to her fiancé, Matt, whom she met while serving at Love Life Charlotte. Would you welcome Sarah? Resurrection Church. I'm so happy to be here today for your adoption week. Thank you, Pastor Billy and Pastor Matt, for just taking a strong stand for life. Um, it's a joy to get to celebrate this week. As um, you know, he mentioned there is a um, tragic truth of abortion in our nation, but it's awesome that as a church and as um, Christ's body, we can do something about it. Um, so Love Life has been around um, Charlotte since 2016. Y'all have been an integral partner and partnership for us. So we just thank you, um, and I'm just excited to be here with you today. So I'm going to share with you a quick video. Um, this is Alicia's story, um, and so we'll take a few minutes to listen to that. I didn't know who Christ was until almost three years ago. It was something that I believed in, but I didn't have a passion about being pro-life and standing for babies. Day and age that we're living in and all the turbulent times going on right now, uh, that wasn't a time to be a Christian that was sitting on the bench. I learned about Love Life in February, at the end of February. I started volunteering and going out there on the sidewalk. January 24th of 2021 is when we first started Love Life in, 
here in Southern California. We went to our boot camp training in February. It was like, well, let's, <laughs> let's do it. So I walk up and there's nobody on the sidewalk. And I say, Lord, okay, there's only five more minutes left. And I ran over really quick and this young, beautiful woman rolls down her window about this much. <laughs> and she said, yes. And I looked at her and I smiled and I said, I don't know what you are here for. But if you have missed your menstrual cycle, your baby has a heartbeat, 10 fingers and 10 toes, and I can show you what your baby looks like today. When I was young, I had an abortion. I was 21. I was pregnant the second time. I had a miscarriage and I was devastated because I really wanted to keep the baby. And sitting there in the ultrasound with her, I told her, she gave me a present that no money could ever compare. It was a blessing to see a baby on an ultrasound because I didn't get that on my first. And I got to hear a heartbeat because I never found one with my second baby. It was a Thursday and I said, tomorrow is Good Friday. Would you like to go to church with me on Easter? And she said, yeah, that would be nice. We went to church. We sat together, and at the very end when Pastor Jack did the altar call, it was so beautiful. She got up, a woman I just met about a week in front of an abortion clinic is now choosing not only life for her baby, but eternity with the Lord. I found out that I was pregnant at three months. I already had in my head, like, I wanted someone to change my mind or give me some type of hope or something before I go in there. I was just, like, so excited. Like, I just wanted to tear up a little bit. I was just so happy to see a life moving in me. I just knew in my heart that I was keeping her. Because that day, like, I called everyone. I was like, I'm keeping my baby. I don't care what anyone thinks, I'm keeping her. <laughs> Receiving a, a text message that not only was a baby saved, but a, a mom is now a part of the family of God. I remember when Anna called and told me, and her, I think her exact words were, it was an amazing day of grace. We had a, a gender reveal party for her. We had a baby shower for her. The word got to me that she's being baptized by Pastor Jack, and, and she, wa she wants you to be there, to be a part. It's a, t a moment I'll never forget. As she came out of the water, just the laughter, and, and realized, thank you, Jesus. Were we just a part of like a miracle, a life being saved? And then more stories start happening and more women start getting saved. This happened last week and this happened yesterday. Riverside in Corona. I pray to the God of heaven and earth, watch him work and then we will see revival in our land. I pray that love life will spread faster than the wildfires we have here in California. And I want it to be a revival. God calls us to do things that we think are impossible because God wants to stretch you. He wanted to stretch me. You see God start to change your life, even if you're not looking for it. Lord is moving her. He is using her. She's even actually gone out and is now counseling and trying to encourage other girls to keep their babies. I know God is moving in her life and he's not going to stop. Just looking at baby names, I see tomorrow and I'm like, oh, I never, that's a nice name. It also means grace of God, so 
I was just like, oh, she's my little grace of God. So that's why I chose her name. I don't want to just have these beautiful young women at these clinics choose life for their baby. I want to walk in life with them. And this is why Love Life has just changed me. But I know the Lord's hands is in it because He's changed my heart. A heart of stone into a heart of flesh.
uh, a post-abortive or um, abortion healing ministry called Restored Life. Um, you can just go to restoredlife.us and get you plugged into a Bible study that can help you to receive healing and hope um, in Christ. All right. Um, so as we mentioned, we believe prayer. Am I still there? I am still there. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Um, so Matthew 16, 19 says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So these prayer walks and pressing into prayer um, for these mothers and fathers, we believe that's what changes things. This is a spiritual battle, and we know that we need spiritual weapons such as prayer to fight um, the battle and help to end abortion in our nation. So we'll just give you a quick recap of all that God has done since Love Life started six years ago in 2016. Um, so it did all start here in Charlotte, um, but since then we're now in 18 cities across the nation. Um, we've seen over 4,700 uh, babies saved. Those are 4,700 moms that chose life. We see now up to 70% drop in abortions on days that they're concentrated prayer. And so that's Wednesdays, prayer, fasting, together as a church, as well as Saturday, the church is going out to the prayer walk. We see that the abortion appointments drop up to 70% on those days. Praise God. Um, so we've also seen over 145,000 people at the prayer walks. We have now over 800 partnering churches. Over 48 abortion workers have left the industry. We have one in Charlotte. Um, who is a close friend of ours. Her name is Kawana, and she um, was the manager at the Latrobe Abortion Center where you guys are going to prayer walk on Saturday. And she now helps cater um, and provide lunches for our missionary trainings. She's now a Christian and on the side of life. So it's just amazing to see her go a few doors down um, from the abortion center now to our office. She's providing uh, food for life. Christian, so it's just amazing to see what God can do in the heart of people with the church is showing up and pressing into prayer for those that he loves. And we've now seen um, 3,700 or more people connect beyond the prayer walks, and so that's people who felt called um, to volunteer, to become mentors, to throw these moms a baby shower, help walk with them one-on-one. -on -one. Um, there are those who feel called to the front lines to offer help and hope in front of their local abortion center and those that are called to orphan care, to foster, to adopt those children that are already um, waiting and ready in our foster care system in our nation. Um, so there's lots of opportunity after the prayer walk this weekend to get plugged in and take that next step. All right, so this is your church adoption week. I'm going to now lead you into the part where we sign up. Um, so the church adoption week is four steps. You haven't missed any of them because you are all here today. So that first step is here. The second step is pray. That's prayer and fasting as a church on Wednesday. The third step is to go. And go is going to the prayer walk, praying together as a church, interceding 
for the lives of the unborn there at the abortion center and then connecting beyond the prayer walk on Saturday. And so just as um, Pastor Billy mentioned in his sermon that um, love is an action, which I think is so beautiful, that Jesus encourages us um, to love not with just our speech, but to take action and to live in truth um, for those that he loves. And so I just invite you guys to join your pastors, to unite together. Again, Love Life is not doing this. This is your adoption week. Um, so we're just here to celebrate with you, to encourage you to head out to the prayer walk that your church has adopted on um, this Saturday. And so how we'll sign up now. So if everybody has a card, you should have the card in your seat or next to your seat. We'll take the next few moments just to sign up together so that you guys uh, can get involved in your adoption week. So the two ways you're going to get involved is to pray and fast this Wednesday. The second way to get involved is to also go to the prayer walk on Saturday. Um, so we believe that uh, to believe is to commit. So we'll commit now. So everybody take out your phone. I know you've got it probably hidden in your purse somewhere on silent. But for this exercise, you may all take it out now. All right, so you can either use the handheld QR code there in your seat, and you just pull up the camera app on your phone. So has everybody got that? Pull up the camera app, and then you're just gonna scan it over the code on your paper or up on the screen. And then once you have it open and scanned, it should pop up with a little link. It says QR code. You'll click that, and I'll walk you through the next steps now to get signed up. All right, so once you have that up, it should come up with Adoption Week Commitment Form. You guys can go ahead now, fill out your first name and last name. I'll give you just a minute. And if you don't use your phone, if you want to raise your hand, Kim or somebody may be able to bring you, I have some handheld sign-ups on the table. If you want to raise your hand and you prefer to do it by hand, that's okay too. All right, the next step is to put your email as well as your church, Resurrection Church. Our region is Charlotte, North Carolina. And then you can skip the phone number and address just to save time. And your adoption week this is week 11, week 11, so that starts on 416, which is today. And then next, you're going to select the two options to get involved this week. The first is to pray and fast this Wednesday, and the second is to attend the prayer walk in Charlotte on Saturday. And then lastly, we will abide by the code of conduct which is just to peacefully and prayerfully walk out of the prayer walk this weekend, and then you can go ahead and submit that whenever you're finished. I'll give y'all just a minute.
anybody um, needs assistance with that or you want to sign up by hand to come out to the prayer walk, I'll be out at the table at the end um, to walk you through that. And we're just so excited um, for your church's adoption week that you guys are going to go out. And the more people that show up, the more babies that we see saved um, because we believe that prayer is the key. So we hope that more of you will invite your family, invite your friends, because we know that the more people, the more babies um, that will be saved, Lord willing. So thank you again, guys. I'm so excited that I got to be here with y'all today. Um, thank you again, Pastor Billy. And if you want to pray over these people that have committed to come out this week to pray and to fast, we'd love for you guys um, to get prayed over now. If we have just a few minutes, we'd love to pray with you. Hallelujah.